give words that you've spoken to him. God, that you are going to um, speak to us in him. I pray that we would be encouraged, God, that you would meet us where we are and um, speak to our hearts, that you would create new things in us, God, that you would put together um, new things inside of us as as Paul speaks tonight. Yes, thank you. I agree, I agree, Lord. And I also just add to that as we're praying upstairs, I I just prayed, Lord, uh, may you uh, speak to him may hear your voice even as he's speaking and father may we hear receive and then walk in your ways amen amen thank you thanks the water's right underneath my seat i didn't take it There are a few seats out here. If some of you want to sit down, we'll just take a few seconds, and you're welcome to come in. You might get tired standing. Yeah, there's seats here. Here they come. They're starting to come. Bring them on. Come on. Get them here. Bring them in. Yeah, come on. Come on. Oh, they're moving now. Oh, here's another one. Two of them just poured in. There are probably more coming. Okay, anybody in the back around the corner there? If I can't see you, you can't see me. So you might want to come around. There are seats right up in the front. Love to have you. I like the picture of people sitting at my feet here. Okay, there we go. All right. Karen, my wife, and I, I'm Paul, and we've, hi, we've got uh, six kids, a couple of them live in the house here, Naomi and Karis, and the others live around the cities, and we see a generation rising up to take their place. We see it. It's so exciting for us because our mission in whatever years the Lord gives us, I'm praying for 27 more years to minister. That'll put me at 95 where I can retire and just take relax until the, the Lord comes if he hadn't come before. 90, okay, a lot younger than me. Our mission is to raise up and release young adults into their God-appointed destiny. And so we love seeing an army like this. And we believe for you. We believe for people who aren't ready yet to believe for themselves. And I wrote a book called Dare to Dream. I'm going to do a a seminar on this on May 11th. I hope you're there for it. We might have it here. might have it at Elmwood. But I'd love to have you come. And and $20, $28 is probably too much to come to a seminar. If you're a a young adult, pay, pay whatever you want to pay pay 15 we'll pay you to come if, if, if we have to so but we want you there and i i put some of these books in my study by the door i'm not going to pass them out here because i want you to make at least that much effort you got it free if you go get it 
And if we run out, I'll put more out next week. I'd like you to read it. Don't take it unless you're going to read it. I don't want to pass them out here. Oh, that's nice. I got a free book. And then you put it on your shelf. But if you promise to read it, you go take it. Uh, because that's what we're wanting to do. We want to release young adults into their God-appointed destiny. Uh, about six days ago, I felt uh, really compelled. I usually don't feel compelled to write, but I felt compelled to write just a brief article called A Winnable War and a War Worth Winning because I see especially a lot of young men who aren't winning the war. And so I wrote what I believe are the main components of winning that war. And I'm going to put it in the update, Catwell, this next week. So if you don't get it tonight, get it. But uh, we're praying for you to win the war. It's winnable. Do I hear an amen? amen. So that goes to the choir. And, and uh, girls, you're welcome to take one if you have a, uh, a brother or someone that you know that's especially struggling. Or if you, if you are yourself, uh, welcome to uh, take one and read it. It's easy to, to get through. And then uh, we'll be believing for you to apply that. If you have a secret for more than a month, that secret has you. And so you need not to have secrets. You need to be open to release that with somebody that you trust and to walk in a way of accountability, believing and beholding, believing the truth that you are dead to sin, beholding Jesus. I used to think that it was right for me to be conscious of my sins and think a lot about my sins. It didn't work. It doesn't work. Better look to Jesus than look to the fact that you're a sinner and you're sinning. Because if you are in Jesus, you're not a sinner. The Bible doesn't call you a sinner. It calls you a saint. So, okay. Amen. Yeah, that's worth saying amen to. Indeed. Just a, a few more things before I uh, bring up my son. And we're going to talk together a little bit. Uh, we encourage you to go for it. I'm going to talk uh, from Matthew 25 about really going for it, really investing your life in the kingdom and one of the ways you do that is you go for it. One of the things you go for is you go for marriage. Young men, go after that. Go after a wife. Prayerfully, deliberately, go after a wife. That's my outlook on that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, indeed. The Harvest Project. We're, we're, we're just praying uh, that is an outstanding school, if I may say so. And I, uh, I would have loved to have some of the classes that I'm having, and I hear that all the time from the young adults that are part of the Harvest Project. And we're thinking, looking at options, we're thinking maybe to put it instead of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and the middle night be communitas. If that would release some of you, to go for maybe four months for a semester or a full year, eight months, talk to me about that because we're just prayerfully considering that. And if that would release some of you, I would love to see 20, 30 of you come to the Harvest Project, maybe for four months, maybe in the evening, working your day and then coming. Just let us know if that option might be a workable arrangement for you. Okay. I got a son Israel here. Come up here, Israel. I'm talking about destiny tonight. You can clap. I really, in case you wondered, I really love you, and I really love my kids. 
And Israel's one of the six, and I really love him. I'm very proud of him, proud of where he's headed, proud of his destiny in God. You were struggling for a while there, Israel. You headed to California. What was going on there? Uh, right after high school, I kind of wanted to be out of the spiritual setting. A lot of pressure from people to be like my father. I didn't like that because I didn't see myself being like my father, being a pastor. Oh, you're going to be just like your dad. But I wasn't, and I felt a lot of guilt from that. So I kind of just left after high school. A cousin gave me an opportunity to stay at their house, and I took some music classes. I didn't want to be a musician, so then I went on to try firefighting. And I stuck with that for a while, and I felt like I was investing my time properly because for the first time I was actually passing my classes and watching other people fail instead of myself. And it felt good for a while, but... I knew I wasn't supposed to be a firefighter, and I tried it out for a second year, and it just, I wasn't comfortable. It was depressing. So what'd you do? I uh, kind of quit firefighting and moved out to a friend's house in California. Started spiraling lower and lower and lower because the one thing that I thought I was going to do was firefighting that might give me a career, might give me money and a future wasn't working out, and I didn't have any other goals or giftings that I wanted to pursue other than music, which kind of seemed to go dead end for me. And so I spent about six months just not working, climbing and going to the beach and kind of wandering with hopelessness. And eventually, for some reason, I got pressured to go home, not by my family, but just an inward pressure of just, you need to go home. And then my little sister confirmed it by telling me, come home and I was I just felt comfortable for no reason because it had been years of being away and being independent and doing my own thing and I didn't want to be under my father's roof but I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend closing out my lease packing my bags in a week and going home I didn't even say goodbye to a lot of my family and I still feel a little bit guilty about that but <laughs> what happened when you got home then I met Adam Goldstein <laughs> And he brought me to Scott and Maria's and uh, George and Janet's. And I started coming to Communitas. And I started investing in this community and meeting a lot of people and getting a lot of deliverance from a lot of baggage I didn't realize I was even carrying. And it was like a brand new start. It was still difficult because I still had a lot of issues from the past. But a lot of people were there to hold me up and help me through that. So, so... Uh, What's the fire in your heart these days? What do you feel God calling you to do? In the last year, God's really put orphans in my heart. And it hasn't been something that I've ever thought about growing up. I wanted to be a musician, and I never really liked kids. And now I just constantly want to be around them. And I, I really have a heart for traffic victims, people you know who've had a lot of injustice done to them, and orphans, orphans and widows mainly. So, awesome. yeah, lately I've been building on that dream. Uh, I got some real estate that, with the help of my brother, and I'm going to start a business with Stephen Halverson this summer, and I really just want to start building into that destiny because I want to be a missionary soon, and I don't want to, you know, be a failing missionary. I want to be able to have income coming in. And I know this community will probably help me too, but I do have business set up. I'm excited. We're excited for you, Israel.
Eric, go ahead and put that on. All pots. looking at destiny tonight, investing our lives for God. When you hear him sing, you know that he was born to sing, right? Wouldn't it be sad if he had not gone and, and attempted to, to do what he did? Wouldn't that be sad? Because there would be something that would be wasted. He could have easily died never doing what he's now doing. He's born to sing. You know what would be just as sad? That was a question. Wouldn't that be sad if if you didn't fulfill your destiny? It would be just as sad if he didn't. How's God making on his investment? He's invested in you. And he's going to come back and get the returns of of his investment. And so... My job, her job, our job together is to call you into your destiny. For we are God's poema, work of art, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created or God planned in advance that we should walk in them. It doesn't offend me that God has a destiny that he planned in advance. That's called predestination. We find it four times in the scripture. Pinnacle of New Testament theology, Romans 8, Ephesians 1. Four times, always as a verb, predestined. You have a destiny. And our prayer is that you walk into that destiny. I want to look at Matthew 25, where it talks about investing. We'll just read it together. If you don't have a Bible, hope somebody close to you has a Bible. We're just going to walk our way through it. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. Say servants. The word servant is used five times in this parable. Grace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're children of the Father. We are servants of the Lord. When Jesus postures us as children, as he says, when you pray, you do not pray to the Lord because then you posture yourself as a servant. Servants don't have rights. Children have rights. Children have an inheritance. We, we fly with two wings. We're children and we're servants. Here we're posturing ourselves as servants, and there's a reason. There's also a reason when Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father, 
Do you know, it's very difficult for people to consistently pray Father. I said at the prayer meeting, pray Father. So they'd start out Father and they end up praying Lord. Nothing illegal about praying dear Lord. It's just not biblical. It, it, it's not consistently biblical. For this reason, I bow my knees, said the apostle, to the Father. We pray through Jesus to the Father. We're, we're children and we posture ourselves because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father through the Son. And so I'd encourage you to listen to how you're praying because most of you are praying, Dear Lord, not illegal. Or even Dear Jesus. And there are few prayers, very few, to Jesus. Most of them, the predominance of Scripture. And Jesus himself invites us to pray to his Father. He didn't come to reveal God. He came to reveal his Father. In the Old Testament, they prayed, Dear Father. I mean, dear God, it was too personal. But now we have access to the Father through the Spirit. The Spirit cries within us, Abba, Father. So the Spirit inclines your heart to a Father who loves to give away the kingdom. So you're coming as a child. Your prayers will be bolder if you pray in Jesus' name to the Father. Watch it happen. That's not what we're praying. We're not, not what we're dealing with tonight. We're dealing with ourselves as servants who are responsible, who have a stewardship to the Lord. Jesus is talking to us. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. There are two places in this passage where it shows that Jesus believes in us. How encouraging that Jesus believes in you he's entrusted something to you he's entrusted a destiny in two passages it's like it's it's described as money in luke a, a mina or mina and here a talent about a thousand dollars worth he had entrusted something to you that's your resources your gifts your destiny it's his it's not yours you have a stewardship and he's going to come and collect on it. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. To another, one. Each according to his ability. Get over it. We're not in a democracy. We're in a kingdom. One vote, the king. And so we don't have to compare ourselves with anybody else. If you compare yourself to a five-talent person, thank God that you're not, if you're not. Because they have issues that... that we don't have if we're one or if we're two. Thank God. God knows you. He knows who you are. He knows how you're wired. He knows how he made you. He knows you and he's given you what he's given you so that you can fulfill your destiny so that you can run your race. You don't have to run anybody else's race. No need to compare. In fact, it'll wear you down. It'll keep you from running your race if you compare yourself with others. Look at this now. To each according to his ability, then he went on his journey. That's the second way he shows his confidence in you. He left. The best thing that Elijah did for Elisha was to leave. Best thing that Moses did for Joshua was to leave. The most wonderful thing that Jesus did, besides, obviously, the centrality of the cross, dying on the cross, but after that, how wonderful that he left. He's saying, okay, I believe in you. You're going to do it. I'll give you my spirit. I'm going to the Father, sending my spirit. 
And once they got the Spirit, they never said, well, I wish Jesus were back here. Never occurred to them. Jesus is Lord. And now he's empowered you by his Spirit to be his face in a dark world. The only Jesus that a dark world will see looks just like you. Looks just like you. Looks just like you. You're the body of Christ. Now, as I read this and comment on it, when you get good news, I want, I want to see a thumbs up. Once you get a little excited. When you see bad news, I want to see a thumbs down. You can boo if you want to, however you want to do it there. The man who would receive the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. Oh, my. What kind, What percentage uh, return is that? 100%. How are you guys? Anybody got any investments? Anybody got it? How, how are you doing on your investments? What percentage? Five. That's good. In this economy, that is good. You get five and you're doing okay. I have a pension as a pastor. I went back a couple of years ago. I hardly, I didn't know what was in it. Didn't know how much. I, I should have known, but I didn't know. I went and looked. I lost thousands. I lost thousands of dollars. Bad economy. What are the, what are the rules of investing? The greater the risks the greater the gain, right? The longer you keep it in, the more it accrues. So for for this person to get, wow, that's, that's quite a deal. Okay, and the man who had two talents gained two more. Come on. What did Paulie say? Okay, yeah, <laughs> rooting for him here. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. What's that about? Fear? Laziness? What? Anything else? Compares? Wonder if he's bitter? I don't know. After a long time, say a long time. It's been a long time. Jesus went on a journey. It's been a while. Been longer than the apostles thought it was going to be. They expected him in their lifetime. They said it might be a long time, maybe 20, 30 years. You know, my, but, but they expected him back. You expect him back? It's going to be soon, isn't it? The Bible says the way we know he's coming, the, the word it uses, it's going to be soon. And so we live that it's soon. It's coming soon. After a long time, the master of these servants, remember now, your servant. Paul says, moreover, it is required of servants that they be found trustworthy or faithful or accountable. So what's he coming back for? He's coming back and settling accounts with them. So he's an investor and he expects to get dividends, right? He expects uh, investing and dividends. I don't know if Paul Potts knows the Lord. 
I like to ask people who don't know the Lord yet, what's your dream? Because all have a destiny in God, a God-appointed destiny that they can walk into. Part of it is knowing what you're called to do. Huge part is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Because God's highest goal for you is that you look like Jesus. That you may conform to the image of your son. And in that then, you walk into your God-appointed assignment. It was said of Paul when he turned from Saul. He landed, landed on, on the ground after he was apprehended by the risen Christ. And there were two questions that came out of that. The first is, who are he knew that somebody had arrested him that was bigger than he was. And he said, who are you, Lord? And this is what he heard. I am Jesus Christ, whom you are persecuting. That's how closely Jesus identifies with his people. If you hurt these, you're hurting Jesus. And then Paul must have said, uh oh. His second question, it was the obvious question after what he just heard. You don't volunteer in the kingdom of God. You're conscripted. He said, okay, what will you have me to do? He said, go into Damascus. There you will be told what you have been assigned to do. Mark uses the same word, talking about the end, con- end times, the servants who are assigned. You have an assignment from heaven. And I pray that by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will walk into your God-appointed destiny. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me. There's that word again. What a kind, Jesus, to believe in you and entrust you with things to invest. You entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. Come on, get those thumbs up. That's good news. Listen to what his master says. His master replied, well done, good, and the word faithful doesn't occur often. It occurs most often in the New Testament. In which book? Just I know one person here probably knows Revelation. Ben's memorized Revelation. It occurs about seven times in the book of Revelation. That's more than in the Gospels. In Luke, it occurs four times. We're going to look at it in a minute. Faithful, uh, faithful doesn't mean that you work harder than anybody else. It, work, it means that you work smart. It means that you do what you're told. I asked my dad before he died, I said, do you have any unfinished business? And he said, no, I did what I was told to do. Jesus said that just before the cross. He said, I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished what you gave me to do. That's faithfulness, doing what you're told, doing what's been given to you. It's not working harder than the next person. We know people like that. You know, they're, they're working like crazy. They're showing up for every work party at church. They're teaching Sunday school even though they can't stand kids. They're working on the church council. And you rub up against them and they seem to be saying, 
appreciate me. I'm killing myself for you guys. We're not talking about working working harder than people. It's doing what God tells you to do. See your sign. There's an assignment for you. And if we walk in obedience to the Lord, we'll walk into our God-appointed assignment. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will give you authority over many. I want to look just briefly into Luke. There are three places where it uses the word faithful. And just comment on that. Luke 12. Verse 42, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food at the proper time? It says food allowance here in Matthew. It says give them their food. We're going to look at how, how faithfulness, it means faithful in little things. That didn't sound like a real big thing to do. Just give them their food. Do you know that when you go up to eat tonight, there'll be a table spread? That gets there miraculously. Just it just it just gets there every week. It just gets there. How does it get there? The people serve. Stand up if you've had a part in in uh, getting food for us. See, I don't, I don't know who those people are. There's one here. Anybody else? Stay, say standing. Is there anybody else? Okay, there may be. They may be in the kitchen right now. Here's my, here's my point. What we want to highlight in this community is going low, serving, and maybe you want to be faithful, and if you want to be faithful. Look to go low. Maybe you want to sign up. Maybe you want to talk to Kat because we it's not been easy for us. And so there are people that do it over and over again. Now, whether or not we know, because I don't know who all does it. I know a few who do it. But I know that God's looking. Because you're looking for faithfulness in little things. And here's a little thing. And whether you get the applause of men, you're going to get the applause of heaven when you're faithfulness in little things. We're not featuring the the upfront things. We're featuring those who go low and serve. And there's one opportunity. Luke 16, or I think it's 17. No, it's 16 here. Uh, verse 10, it's talking about being faithful. Whoever can be trusted with very little. Oh, my. That's not little. That's very little. It's the superlative of the word mikros. Mikros is the word from which we get uh, microscopic. And so you take microscopic to the, to the third degree, more small, and the most small, that's what this is, very little. That's what God's looking for. Isn't that something? You're, you're called a faithfulness, and it's not faithfulness in the big things. He's looking for faithfulness in very little things. Picking up papers that other people leave. 
taking care of things that other people may overlook. And here is faithfulness with a little money. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, talking about money, who will trust you with true riches? Let me ask you a question. Don't, don't answer it quick because you might get it wrong. Does Jesus talk a lot about money? You know, he talks a great deal about money. He talks more about money than he talks about things that are, seem a lot more important. You know why? Where your treasure is or your heart is. I don't know who gives here. I don't care. In a way, I do. I, I would like to like to know that you're generous. But you don't have to wait till you're rich till you're generous because here it's very little. God knows your heart. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. If your treasure is in eternal things and it's investing in eternal things, God sees that and says, where to go? You've been faithful in a very little. I'll give you authority over ten cities. Oh, my. That's quite an upgrade. <laughs> so it's God looking at these things and saying, this person doesn't overlook the little for the big. They're concentrating on the little. I will improve their situation. I'll upgrade their authority. If you're praying for somebody and you don't feel authority as you pray for them, maybe you better start giving. Maybe you better start going out for food. Maybe you better start serving in a heart way, going lower than other people to give away who you are so that the Lord says, I approve of you. I like what you're doing. And he gives you an upgrade. That's what I want. Whether you know it or not. I want to give generously so that heaven sees. When you get the attention of heaven, the deal's done. Daniel got the attention of heaven. People didn't like him because he just got, kept getting promotion. Heaven really liked him. And so when the angels came down, they said, Daniel, greatly beloved. Now, how did that angel know that? The only way I can figure out, because he's the only one in Scripture for whom that is said, greatly beloved. The only thing, the only way I can figure it is that God, when God sent the angel, tell him he's greatly loved. I really love Daniel. Wouldn't you like God to say that about you when he sends an angel somewhere? Oh, my. See, then the deal's done. Then you have the authority of heaven. Whether or not you get it from earth, you get it from heaven. One more place, Luke 19. Verse 19, well done, my good servant, the master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small, there it is again, very small matter. What, what might that look to you? Just stop for a moment. What does very small or very little look like to you? What, what would be those things? Just take a moment. Think what that might be. Because if you are faithful in that little thing, you get an upgrade. And God says, you're faithful. So back to Matthew 25. You have been faithful with a very little. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, from what you heard from the master, how do you, how will you feel about this master? Somebody you'd like to work for? Seem like a seem like a kind kind person, doesn't he? You know, God gives you an assignment. 
He gives you grace to carry it out. And then He rewards you for carrying it out. I don't get that. that. That's grace from start to finish. Why would He reward us when it's His? He gave us the grace to do it. And He says, way to go. That's pretty wonderful. This is quite the master. The man who had, with the two talents, also came. Master, he said, you entrusted. There it is again. You believed in me. That's wonderful when people believe in you. It's really wonderful when Jesus does. Believes in you. Gives you an assignment. Gives you grace to do it. Expects you to do it. Really expects you to do it, doesn't he? I've gained two more. Okay. Thumbs up, huh? His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. Count how many times you hear that word there. A lot of times. You've been faithful. More times than any other, any other uh, chapter, I believe, in the New Testament. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. This is a happy master. I mean, he's having a great time. And now he's going to invite them into his joy, into his, uh, his satisfaction. Then the master, uh, excuse me, then the man who had received the one talent, came. Master, at least he had that right. I knew that you are a hard man. Whoa. Yeah. Where did that come from? Hard. He didn't, didn't look like hard. I wouldn't describe him hard in the way they treated him. Where did hard come from? It's really a sad misconception. A.W. Tozer said that your picture of God is the most important thing about you. Second most is your picture of yourself. Most important, your picture of God. And the sad thing is, is what you see him as is what you get. Psalm 18. To the pure, you show yourself pure. To the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. So if you see God as... Not too extravagant. Oh, he blesses people. He blesses a lot of people. I just don't happen to be one of them. Then that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you'll close your hands. You'll be bitter and you will not receive what God wants to pour out. It's like the elder brother. He said, all these years I've slayed for you. And yet you've never given me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. You're not going to get much going like this. And listen to what the father says. My son. You are always with me. All that is mine is yours. See, he couldn't access it. If God's a heart, if God's disappointed you, maybe you've grown passive. A lot of passivity in the church. A lot of consumers in the church. A lot of people going, okay. Then they have roast preacher for the noon meal. They're evaluating how the service went. Well, how'd you like to... The music. Did they pick the right songs? Did, did, did things go well for you? Well, you're consumers. 1 Corinthians 14 says you come to pour out of the overflow. You're not coming to fill up because you've had a terrible week. You come to live in the overflow and share it with your brothers and sisters. But if he's a hard man, just take a moment. Stop. What, what is your God like? Not what Jesus loves me. Yes, I know, for the Bible tells me so. What is... What does your heart tell you? So what's he like? Is he extravagant? Is he outrageous? Does he love you beyond anything else? Is he generous? Is he outlandish? 
Or is he <laughs> seemed to hold back? By the time the serpent got done with Eve, they were believing in a God who was a little insecure, who could not be trusted, who was a little tricky, who withheld, didn't want them to get what he had, really couldn't be trusted. That's what you might be dealing with. A God who just didn't come true, didn't come through, doesn't, isn't worthy of trust. And that's where this man was. We don't know what happened. And not only do you have a wrong picture of him, but a wrong picture of what he did. uh, Listen, what he does. I know that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown. It's just not true. And gathering where you have not scattered seed. Where the seed is scattered, that's where the harvest is. And so this, he, he had a skewed picture of how the father operated. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid the talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. You know, he expected the master to say, you know, I understand. I understand you were afraid. That's okay. I'm letting you off the hook this time. It's all right. Didn't he expect that? Sounds like he expected that. This doesn't have a happy ending. The Son of Man died for us, sent the Holy Spirit through the Father to us, empowers us to invest our life, and he's expecting a dividend. I receive that with grace because I'm believed in. I want to fulfill my destiny. I long to do what he calls me to do. I don't want to do it somebody else. I don't want to compare myself with any other pastor. I just want to do. I'm having a great time doing it. I love what he's given me to do. I trust that you're preparing to walk in to your God-appointed destiny and that if there's a passivity in your life and there's a picture of God that's been skewed, you need to get healed. You need to get over it. Otherwise, somewhere down the line, the rug's going to be pulled out from underneath you and you're going to wish you had done it differently. If you're messing with a God who's worthy to be praised, but is also a judge who has standards, who has expectations, and at the end of the day, he will, he will settle accounts with us. I believe in the grace of God. I believe being empowered by the grace of God. Otherwise, I'd quit. Here, it's not a happy ending because someone is flaunting it and saying, hey, it's okay. No, it isn't okay. I want to pray for any who are at a place of passivity or lukewarmness, dangerously close to the edge, at a place where it's possible for you not to fulfill your destiny, that would be sad to me that we'd have people here who wouldn't. I'm a dream releaser. I'm not, a, I'm not just a dreamer, but I, re- I want to release the dreams that are here in this group. It's sad to me, this word that Oliver Wendell Holmes put in one of his poems, most people die with the music still inside of them. Would you say that that also applies to Christians? Most Christians die with the music 
still inside of them. You know, it's our job, the leaders here at Communitas, it's our job to see that the music gets out. So you sing your song. So like Paul, you're doing what God's created to you, you to do and that you're not pulling back, you're not a victim, or you're not entitled to a free ride. You know, if that's gripped you because of what you've experienced, you need to get over it. And we'll do whatever we can to pray with you, but you need to get over it. So get on with the job of walking into your destiny. So would you just put your hand on the people that are next to you? Just put them on the shoulder. For a moment, just look inside now. Just ask yourself, am I poised to walk into my God-appointed destiny? Am I living in such a way that when I've run my race, the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, will say, well done, way to go, good and faithful servant. Am I living in the, in the grace of God, empowered by his Holy Spirit, so that heaven sees, heaven sees the gifts that I give that no one else sees. Heaven sees the papers that I pick up. Heaven sees that I spread the table for communitas. Heaven sees that I am faithful in a very little. And heaven's empowering me to go way beyond a destiny that I could ever attain to except for the grace of God. Is God rejoicing in you tonight? You're rejoicing? If not, just in your heart, say, I'm very, very sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm squandering what you've given to me. I'm not living on purpose. This could be a, a, a night of decision for you. My, it could be a night where you just turn around and say, no more, no more wasted life. No more compromise. No more throwing my life away. I'm coming home. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the home where I belong. I'm coming back to my father where I taste as a child, as a son, as a daughter. I'm coming back. If there's something in your heart now, I want to pray, pray specifically for those who are saying that. And, and you know that you have, there's been a passivity in your life or there's been a compromise and you are saying, I want to come back. I want to come home. I want to fulfill my God-appointed destiny. I want you to raise your hand. I'm sorry, I had you too early to, uh, okay, put your hands are going up. If your hands are up, okay, I want you to put your hand. If there's somebody next to you, keep your hand up until at least two people are touching you. 
This is wonderful. God sees. God sees your longing. God sees your heart. Oh, God. Oh, God. We thank you. We thank you. Godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. Reaps rich dividends. Oh, God, you see their heart. God, they don't have the power to change. We can bring forth the fruits of repentance, but we cannot truly bring forth the life that you call us to live. But we can acknowledge that we're not there and invite you to come in. Oh, Holy Spirit, come into our hearts. Come into our situations. Come into our passivity. Lord, bring a fresh zeal, not birthed on the fires of our own heart, but birthed in the fires of heaven, a zeal set on fire by the uh, passionate Holy Spirit. Oh, God, do it tonight. Oh, God, we don't want any here not finishing their race. Oh, God, may these who have raised their hands say like Paul at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. May that be your declaration at the end of your life. Jesus, your blood was shed for these. Oh, we pray for the blood of Christ to cleanse you. Just acknowledge in your heart now. Just pray. Pray the prayer. Acknowledge in your heart where you have where you have been going astray so that the Lord can forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness.
Give us power, Lord. Cleanse us. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my joy and peace. This is all my joy and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, Precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He disarmed the principalities, made a public display of them, triumphing over them in the cross. He obliterated the powers of darkness. He embarrassed them. He mocked them by his crucifixion. And that means that you are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's a powerful victory. We cannot overestimate the power of the blood of Jesus and the work of the cross. Believe in the cross in your situation. Move out of passivity and victimization and entitlement into a place of grace where there's power for you to fulfill the destiny to which God has called you. Is there an amen? Amen. 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 Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, God. I thank you for those who are walking in their destiny. Let's all do it, okay? This is a great song because it says he's faithful to do it. You know, our faithfulness is so so puny, so little. But he who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Do da do da. Will be faithful to complete it. Yeah. He who started a work will be faithful to complete it in you. 
He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Yes, 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 yes. We'll be faithful to complete it. He who started a work will be faithful to complete it in you. We'll be faithful to complete it. We'll be faithful to complete it. Shoo doo doo da. Who who started a work will be faithful to complete it. Yes. Yes, oh Lord. Let's go to the end. Let's go to the end. Because that's where we're going to hear those good words. Well done translates one little, tiny little Greek word, eo. Eo means, hey, way to go. Way to go. Good. Oh, that'll be so wonderful to hear that word. Way to go. Well done. Oh. Soon and very soon We are going to see the king Hallelujah. Soon and very soon We are going to see the king Soon and very soon We are going to see the king La la la, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to see the king. No more crying, no more crying there. We are going to see the king. No more crying there. We are going to see the king. No more dying, no more dying there. We are going to see the king. No more dying there. We are going to see the king. No more dying there. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to see the king. Soon, soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Oh, soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We are going to see the king.
said, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Maranatha. We're living in a way of expectancy for you, Lord Jesus. We're pouring out our life. We're investing the moments of our days. We're not wasting. We're not spending time. We're investing it. We're giving away what is yours, what is rightfully yours. We're becoming generous. We're becoming servants. We're going low. For Jesus, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Lord, we, we want to go where you went. We want to be like you, Lord Jesus. So I pray. Put your hand over there where I said a while back. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Be poured out in our hearts. Be poured out in our bodies. Be poured out in our lives. Give us the, the fruit. Lord, we want to see the fruit developed in our life. The fruit of love and joy and peace. Faithfulness. Oh, we want to see that developed in our life. By faith in you. By trusting more than trying, go ahead, develop it in us, Lord. And we want to see the gifts released. Even tonight, Lord, release your gifts, O Lord Jesus. Gifts of mercy, gifts of power, gifts of revelation. Release them in our midst, O Lord. Not for our sake. They're tools, they're not trophies. They manifest the Spirit, not us. So we want to see them. Used even tonight to break through darkness. Bring healing to people, O oh Lord, that are broken Happy tonight. Lord. Oh, yes, God, would you bring Father. healing tonight? Bring, bring Heavenly healing. Father, yes, Father, yes, Father, heal your kids. Heal, heal your, kids. your kids. We're going to have the ministers who are uh, doing all ministry up in the front. You come up, up in the front. You pray for those who are near you, for them to walk into their God-appointed destiny. Oh, we're going to go for it. We're going to see people released in this place. Whether you stay here for a long time is not the issue. You know, you may be called to go f- to the uttermost. But let's let's be available here to pray. You, you, you can either pray right where you are. That we turn this now into a prayer center so that you, everybody gets prayer tonight. Maybe two or three prayers. Want to get pray? Want to pray for one another? So just turn to people who are close to you. And pray. Pray for them, especially if they have found themselves in a place of passivity and need to break out to a new place of service and humility. Pray for one another. Come to the front. There are people in the front who are ready to pray for you. After a while, we'll let you know, and we'll go up, and we'll have a Holy Spirit a living room, and then we'll, Bob will meet you in the family room if you're a newbie. But take about five minutes now to pray for one another or come up front and there will be people here to pray for you.